Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with three returning All-Americans. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by a seminal member of the podcast. Oh, same one as last year. Okay. Yes, that's me, Ryan Newman. (laughs) Well, new listeners wouldn't have realized that, Ryan. <laughs> I'm also joined by the third member of our Wolf Pack. That would be me, Trey Newman. Was that the same one as last year, Ryan? It sure was. Wow. I don't wow. I honestly don't remember. It was. <laughs> wow. Yep. Well, mix it up next time next year, Michael. Maybe a little hurricane action. 2021, yeah. it's going to be great. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, Sorry be sure year. to follow us. Yeah. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CFB Bros uh, and Instagram at CFB Bros. Subscribe on YouTube. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash college football bros to get bonus episodes and to join our Discord server. And then uh, most importantly, for the next few weeks leading up to the season, we'd really appreciate if you'd retweet our episodes, share them on Facebook, tell your friends to, to listen to the show. This is typically when we get most of our new listeners. So all of that would be very helpful. And uh, let's get into it. Let's start with our our first official preview of the 2020 season. It's the ACC. And we're going to start with a game of fact or fiction. What do we got, Trey? Fact or fiction. The coach under the most pressure to succeed this year is Virginia Tech's Justin Fuente. I'm going to say fiction. He is definitely going to be on the hot seat if, if they underperform. But I think the fact that he's at least overall got a pretty good record there gives him a little bit of leeway for a you know maybe mediocre season. But my choice here of of the I guess the hottest seat doesn't have any track record as a head coach other than recruiting, I guess. But it's Manny Diaz had a pretty underwhelming year one, going six and seven. They had some decent expectations last year, and if he doesn't improve this year. It could be a sort of a, a Willie Taggart type situation at Miami. So I think he's got the hottest seat. Nah, I'm going to say this is fact. Uh, Fuente does have the uh, most pressure to succeed just because he's been there a while. I mean, I think this is what he's going to, I didn't, he's been his fifth year maybe now. So he's kind of, I think fifth year sounds right. Yeah. How, how long it's been. So it's like, it's all his guys. It's his program. Culture should be in place. He's got a ton of returning talent what 18 returning starters or even more than that something like crazy amount of returning starters he needs to produce uh if he doesn't have a good year when is he going to have a good year and i mean i just don't feel like this is the year where they have so much ever coming back the stars have aligned all those things so and the recruiting is terrible i feel like this is kind of a prove it year he needs to do it or else it's you know i know they finished last year pretty decent um but it's kind of leading up to like okay here we go okay Diaz, I feel like, still has a little more leeway. I'm going to say fiction to combat you, Ryan, um, just because I think there's a lot of guys in the ACC that really need to to win this year. I mean, Fuente, of course. Michael, you mentioned Manny Diaz. Dave Doran. Dino Babers. Another option. Yeah. Dino Babers. Babers, Pat Narduzzi, maybe. Doran seems like the most obvious, but it's not really the most sexy because NC State hasn't been too relevant lately. So, Michael, if I had to say one, I also went with Manny Diaz. Um, you know, they weren't going to fire him after, after the first year, but there were at least murmurs considering how bad the season ended. I mean, they lost games to FIU and Louisiana tech. They got shot out in the bowl game. 
Um, I mean, he's he's made some offseason moves to it to address it. Um, some might be, view it as desperate or necessary, but either way, he's uh, he's trying to almost essentially go all in on the reset button in year two. And if if he has a dud year, it'd, it'd be be hard. They're, they're recruiting better, so that's encouraging. But uh, I'd say Diaz needs needs to win now. Okay. Uh, next question. Fact or fiction from a fantasy football perspective, Sam Howell is the best quarterback option in the ACC. There's, there's definitely some good options here. I mean, you had some, I mean, of course, Trevor Lawrence uh, would be the main one and Ian book. Now uh, he had a really good year last year, but I'm going to mm-hmm. say it's fact. I'm going to say Howell is just because of what he has surrounding him. Now. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has question marks on the outside. I mean, I'm sure they're going to be fine, but you know, losing T Higgins and Justin Ross to the injury. Uh, there's definitely some some concerns there, um, and they're also going to be up by 50 in most games. So <laughs> maybe they'll take take the foot off the pedal a little bit. Whereas North Carolina, they last year they were a ton of close games and probably going to be so again. I mean, and how was a true freshman lit it up? We have like 38 touchdowns, something like that. It was an insane amount. So and he had a ton of passing yards, go 3600, top two retar- returning targets coming back. So I, I think he's the safest option. I'm going to say fact as well. Uh, I also consider Derek King uh, in this and Trevor Lawrence, yeah. like you mentioned, Ryan. But Lawrence, to me, he lost a lot from last year, last year's team. And Derek King, in my eyes, is a little bit kind of boomer bust for me. So I'm more comfortable or I guess I'm more confident in knowing what Hal will do, especially in year two. Uh, they got a ton of returning production like you, you talked about. Like I'm I'm more confident in in. uh Hal at least getting I know what I'm going to get as opposed to Derek like, King it would be more of a flyer like if King succeeds how much more statistically better could he be than well, well he'd than, be well, the pretty good because he would have the running that yeah, yeah that's but Sam Howell's stats last year were insane though they, no, no of course yeah they were that would be fine if that was your yeah. your quarterback but Derek King's running ability puts him maybe a, a little bit ahead his ceiling, I would say yeah I would say Derek right. King's ceiling is higher because of because of the running in fantasy football not real life football necessarily but um but anyway but i'm gonna go fact here i think sam howell is number one i really waffled with trevor lawrence because lawrence has the the rushing yards at least that that sam howell didn't have last year lawrence had what 500 yards and i think nine rushing touchdowns last season so i'm not sure if you can quite expect those numbers again but uh that does give him the leg up but the reason i went with with howell is is the continuity of the team and the system around him like like you talked about ryan with uh so much returning production coming back around him. I just think he's, and he's going into a sophomore year. He could make, take, take the leap. Sure. Mikhail Cunningham, anybody? Yeah. I don't know if they pass enough, but yeah, I know, but he runs, he runs. Yeah. Louisville quarterback we're talking about. Yes. Uh, Okay. Uh, Last question, Ryan. Yeah. (laughs) What what did you say? Me Me turn. turn. Me turn. There you go. (laughs) Me, 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 me. Um, Factor fiction, the most impactful player sitting out this season in the ACC is Miami defensive end Gregory Rousseau. He is a he's a big, big loss, but they still have Quincy Roche and a strong defense in my eyes to to kind of pick up the slack. So, you know, it would have made them better, no doubt, but maybe not as detrimental of a loss as my pick Sage Sherratt from Wake mm-hmm. Forest. <laughs> he I know Wake Forest doesn't have the same kind of aspirations as Miami going into this year, but it's a very impactful blow. Like last year before getting in, injured in early November, Surratt had 66 receptions over a thousand yards and 11 touchdowns. 
now you losing a major cog to Wake Forest's offense is going to hurt, especially considering they lost their other top two receivers to the NFL. So Wake's in Kendall a Hinton. yeah, Kendall Hinton and Scotty Washington. So tough, tough blow. Yeah, I went with the same answer, Sage Surratt, just because you mentioned the yardage he had through nine games. He was first in the Power Five in receiving yards. I feel like he doesn't get talked about as as much as he should, but yeah, he was he was huge for that team. And I think a big reason that Jay, uh, Jamie Newman struggled, struggled down yeah. the stretch was the fact that that Surratt got injured. I also considered Jalen Twyman on the interior D line for for Pitt. He's he's a beast, but they're so stacked on that defensive line. Yeah. So they get Rashad Weaver back, who missed all last year. So mm-hmm. you know, and he's kind of a versatile defensive lineman. He can pretty much play anywhere. So yeah, uh, I, I I went with the same. You know, Surratt. He just if you would have had him and that Donovan Green, who showed up real real awesome as a true freshman last year towards the end, uh, he'll still be a freshman because he got, kept his redshirt. Those two guys would have made an awesome duo for mm-hmm. for Hartman. Um, now it's just, just it's to be tough. Agreed. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's get into our tiered rankings. So we we're going to separate the ACC into four tiers, and of course, we'll start at the top with tier one. And our number one team, no surprise here, is Clemson. Of course, uh, their over under is set at ten and a half for their their total wins this year. And of course, everyone in the ACC is playing eleven games, so that means the question is: Will will they go undefe- undefeated, or or will they have a loss? So, what do you think, Trey? I'm leaning under. Uh, I know it's cliche, but it's it's hard to go unbeaten. And last year, they were a play away, as we all know, from from losing to North Carolina. Um, and at that point, they were very unproven. Um, this year, they just lose they lose a lot of talent and. They also lost Justin Ross in the offseason. That was a, a tough blow. And they also lost offensive coordinator Jeff Scott. He became the head coach at USF. So there's just a lot of moving parts going into this season. Um, a lot of people are obviously going to focus on Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne coming back. That's that's great. They're both incredible, but they're going to need to replace four offensive linemen. They lose on the defensive side a guy like Isaiah Simmons, who had a was a major impactful player. Uh, they, they don't return a ton, uh, in the secondary. They, um, I, I mean, I guess I'm painting kind of a gloomy picture for Clemson, but they still have probably the most talent in the ACC. Uh, it's just not completely proven yet. Some of those blue chip guys are going to step up that we don't, we don't, you know, we don't even know at this point. Um, and they've got guys like Amari Rogers as well, but you look at their schedule, someone I think could clip them They're they're They have a really tough stretch in the back half of their, uh, schedule it's at Notre Dame at Florida State home to Pitt and at VT I'm I'm willing to say that one of those teams will pick them off yeah I'm I'm gonna agree with you here I'm gonna go under I don't think I'm ever gonna pick a team to go undefeated yeah Uh, you know I just and we did it last year too I think we all went under with Clemson and they went undefeated I mean it was close not gonna happen two years in a row man but yeah (laughs) yeah it's you know I mean I think last year I was more waffly on actually going with them because I we just knew how stacked they were. I mean, they had so much proven production coming back everywhere. So this year, yeah, we've seen them have uh, like a couple years ago. We've seen them have some somewhat unproven production. They lost a lot and then they replenished and were just awesome. Um, but it's hard to convince yourself that it's going to always happen like that, especially mm-hmm. with all the losses. And yeah, they, you mentioned the secondary guys, but didn't mention like Tanner Muse, Kevon Wallace, AJ Terrell, like prime time players that made huge plays for them and 
Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to go under here. Um, just cause I, it's, yeah, it's hard to go undefeated, but I know I'm, I'm going under it's, I mean, they clearly have the best chance of any team to go undefeated. Right. And yeah, of all the teams that are playing, I think yeah. it's pretty clear that it's, that it's them. And they're actually the over, I don't know if I mentioned this before, the over is actually a slight favorite minus 25, one minus one twenty five. So the betting market thinks it's uh, more likely than not, but I think I think one one of the reasons, along with you know all the talent they lost that you guys bring up, and especially at the receiving core with with Higgins and Ross, but one reason is the pandemic. I think brings about more variance and the mm. possibility of you know entire position groups getting quarantined, things like that, that maybe make a big upset more likely to happen this season. Sure, yeah, you never know. Lawrence gets sick. Yeah, yeah well, I hope not, but you, you never know what can happen. Yeah, you never know. Um, okay. Uh, let's move on to our number two team. That's right. Our number two team is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Their over-under is set at eight and a half with the over at this point being favored at minus 150. So, Ryan, where are you leaning with the Irish? Uh, you know, I like the Irish this year, man. I really do. Um, they got a strong team coming back, especially the main deal for Notre Dame. And it has feel like they've been doing this lately. is just the offensive line. I mean... Yeah. A couple years ago, they were just stacked, and then like all of a sudden, they're just stacked again. They got everybody, everybody coming back on the offensive line. They're going to run the ball extraordinarily well. Ian Book is going to have all day to throw, just like he did last year. And Book can run. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just... he. I think, overall, Ian Book has just has been an underrated QB. I just feel like he's overlooked as far as top quarterbacks in the country. I mean, he's had some good Chase Claypool last year and some great tight ends to work with, no doubt. Claypool's loss is going to be going to be... Yeah, uh, Cole Komet, hurt. the tight end, is, is yeah, gone Cole as well. But I'm not necessarily worried about the tight ends at Notre Dame. I mean, they it's kind of almost like a Stanford thing. They just always turn out good good tight ends there. So I'm pretty confident in the offense. The offense is going to be awesome. The defense, I'm a little less confident in. Uh, only like five returning players. I mean, I think they'll be good, but um, I'm just a little bit worried more, like more so than I am on the offense. So I'll let you guys touch more on the defense, but offensively, yeah. Oof, I, I'm expecting lights out. Yeah, I'm offensively. I'm I'm with you. I think the floor is pretty high when you've got Ian Book at quarterback and that great offensive line. And you know they're going to have to find a receiver to to replace Chase Claypool. But there's there's some candidates on the roster. So well, they got that think, transfer from Northwestern, the greatest oh, that's offense right. ever. There you go. <laughs> but that guy actually wasn't that bad. Ben Skoronek, I think it was. He's not. He was actually like a decent decent playmaker like the only thing northwestern had yeah they didn't have much Mm-mm. um and you got tommy reese now the new offensive coordinator he did pretty well in the bowl game last year calling the plays against iowa state so i think there is some continuity there i'm actually excited about the defense i know the the raw number of starters coming back isn't super high but there's so much talent you got kyle hamilton at safety he's if he's not already a star he's going to be a breakout star this year as a as a sophomore yeah. Outside linebacker, you got Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, had 13 and a half tackles for loss last year. And up front, some pretty good bookends with Dalen Hayes and Ade Ogundeji. I'm Notre saying that right. Got toughies, man. I know. There's, but there, I mean, <laughs> the there's a lot of teams. talent. I'm going to say there's Devin White. Huh? <laughs> Devin yeah. White, the linebacker. He's, he's good. So. Mm-hmm. Another guy. So I think a uh, very solid team. I think a nine and two is a likely record. So I'll go over. I'm going over as well. Uh, Ian Book, he's had back-to-back solid years. So even even if his production stays the same, they're still going to be a threat this year. Um, so I'm I'm liking the Irish. Almost all their tough games are in South Bend. 
and they avoid Virginia Tech and Miami. So I'm also going over. I did want to address one thing in general about we're going to kind of as it'll come up home field advantage. People Mm -hmm. are going to kind of people are going to say naturally, oh, there's no fans there or 20, 25 percent capacity or whatever. But I've I've really come to realize and we've talked about this, you know, amongst the three of us is that um, home field is not solely based on just crowds and crowd noise it's it's the travel staying in hotels unfamiliar stadium environment weather etc so i think it actually is going to play still somewhat of a factor this year yeah i agree i would say it's likely reduced at least a little bit but i yep. think it's still still definitely you a know factor. what's underrated is sleep you might not get amount of the same amount of sleep as you would on the road as you do in your own place so i think yeah. that's a big factor so many studies show how great you can perform with sleep. The NBA is all about that now. All right. Well, Ryan, you sleep. tend to put the listeners to sleep, so you they yeah. should listen to they should listen to you <laughs> night before games. <laughs> You're the one that drowns, uh, drowns on and on and on. <laughs> Just shut up. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Before we get to tier two, we just have a brief word from our sponsor. Winning season has returned at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. It means survivor pools, super contests, and squares. At MyBookie, winning season means hitting all of your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals. Unless, of course, you're a Nebraska fan like us. Because Wow. Out the way around. Well, we don't have to worry about Uh, that this year. That's true. We're not going to lose. Well... We're maybe not going to lose to our rivals. As of this point. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, celebrate the beginning of the college football and NFL seasons. Invest in your intuition by signing up for MyBookie using the promo code CFBROS. That will double your first deposit up to $1,000. So if you deposit $1,000, they give you $1,000 in free play. So go ahead and add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at MyBookie. It's simple. Make your bit, make your picks, win big, collect your cash. So again, that's promo code CFBROS to double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. I'm doing it. Give me a give me a thousand extra bucks to play with, baby. <laughs> me too. I'll lose that. I'll lose <laughs> yeah, that. I'll get right back, man. <laughs> I'll show them. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's move on to tier two, Ryan. Yeah, all right. We got the North Carolina Tar Heels leading us off as the top team in the tier two. They're over under set at seven and a half now with the uh, the overs favored pretty big there. So most people expect to go over that. Um, but yeah, so Michael, you are uh, leading us off here. What do you think about uh, Sam Howell and company? Well, winning season has begun at my book. Oh, no. <laughs> oh sorry. I'm at the wrong yeah. part of my outline. Oops. Oops. Uh there's not much negative to say about this team. Like the the offense, we've already brought up Sam Howell, the quarterback, uh, a few times in this episode. He's great. The receiving core, Deami Brown and Daz Newsom, two one thousand yard thousand yard receivers coming back. Two running backs right around a thousand yards last year. Michael Carter and Javante Williams both back. Offense is gonna be great, no question. The defense was was okay last year. Um, and it is going to be year two of the three three five system with Jay Bateman, which is kind of, I guess, a, a notoriously difficult system to pick up in year one. So you would maybe think that seems pretty tough. Yeah, it's a big change. So maybe year two they'll be more comfortable. I'm uh, I'm pretty high on them. I think losing three players from the secondary that have opted out of the season 
because of COVID-19 is going to hurt. So that's there's yeah. some depth issues in the secondary. But but overall, I, I like the team. The schedule works out avoiding Clemson. So I'm going to go over. Yeah, I mean, all offseason, I've thought about taking under on the Tar Heels. At, mm-hmm. But just because I... I I I always try and shy away from the big buzz teams and North Carolina is one of those big buzz teams that everyone's talking about. But at this seven and a half number, I I just can't. So I'm, I'm going over. I, I like North Carolina. There's lots of positives. You, Michael, you touched on the offense. Like I don't have any uh, quarrels with the offense. I think they're going to be able to name their number in, in some of their games. Uh, but you said you, you touched on the weakness of the defense and that does concern me a little bit. They were average or to below average in most defensive uh, category stats last year, but to their credit, they they had a lot of youth. So maybe some of that youth develops and and turns into um, you know um, keys for them and, and contributes. Uh, I'm you were kind of a little worried about the the secondary depth, and that that's true. But I like their top top guys. They got Storm Duck. They got Trey yeah. Morrison. They've been they were strong compute contributors last year. They they held uh, defense or offenses in check. So I'm I'm a little more confident there. Uh, Chaz Surratt is a stud, so I'm 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 loving him at linebacker. But yeah, I will say the D line needs to improve there. That's a big question mark there, and they're they're going to hit the season in stride. Their first three games are as favorable as you could you could ask for. So I think uh, they'll they'll use that to build some confidence and get in before they get into the meat of their their schedule. So I'm going over as well. Yeah, I'm going over North Carolina. Um, I love Surratt, man. Just that's such a cool story going from QB, uh, not a very good one to leading the team in tackles and sacks. And I mean, it's just, yeah, that's just the first team. All I see it's like, what the heck? Uh, never didn't expect that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, even with some of those guys that opted out, they still have depth. I mean, the secondary might be struggling a little bit, but if I was going to have one area to have a less depth, I'd obviously choose the secondary rather than up front. Uh, it's just nothing more demoralizing than just have no no depth up front, and they do have depth on on the line. Um, they bring back uh, some good players up front. They got uh, four. They're bringing in some talent too. The four four stars up front on the defensive line. So yeah, they're going to have youth, some but... lots of youth and guys that are ready to shuffle in and out. Um, Toman Fox is back. He had seven sacks last year. So I like this group. I and the, the offense. We don't even need. I don't need to touch on, but. Yeah, I, I like North Carolina a lot. It's seven and a half easy, so I am going to make North Carolina my lock of the ACC. All right, Mac mm-hmm. Brown getting it done. Well, <laughs> nice. looks to be looks like he'll be getting it yeah, done. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on to our number four team, still on tier two in the ACC, and it is Virginia Tech. Their over under is seven and a half. The over is a slight favorite at minus one twenty five. Uh, Trey, what uh, what are your thoughts on Virginia Tech? I'm going over. Uh, I don't know about the future years for the Hokies and Fuente, but I really like them this particular year. Top 10 in returning production. You got guys like quarterback uh, Hendon Hooker, the whole offensive line. They're also adding some production at running back via transfer with guys like uh, Herbert and Blackshear. And Ryan, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but when Hooker got thrown to, into starter last year, they were kind of a different team. They, uh, they were 6 and 0 in his first 6 starts when he was healthy. They lost their last couple games close, but the offense wasn't the issue. They still put up 30 in both those those games. The other reason I like the Hokies is their schedule. It sets up really nice. They avoid Notre Dame and Florida State, 
and then they draw Clemson on the last game of the season in Blacksburg in December. So it'll be nice and cold. So if you have to play Clemson, that's as, as good of a uh, spot to have them. So I didn't really touch on, I guess, the defense and replacing Bud Foster and some of their opt-outs. So I'll let you guys kind of get to the, the lunch pail defense. Yeah, I kind of want to go a little bit on the offense, though. Uh, <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Good teamwork, guys. Yeah. Well, I'm not as sold on the offense yet. Um, I know when Hendon Hooker came in, they they were better. There's no doubt about that. Um, his running game helped them quite a bit um and he was he was good through the air but he wasn't asked to throw a whole lot um i need to see him be more consistent for them to be able to rely on his arm in big games and games where it matters and they need to come from behind or you know he's got to make a play so if you take out the rhode island game from last year virginia tech was just one and two you know when they when he threw for at least 20 passes so minimal passes means better results for virginia tech which makes sense but Man, you had to really, really craft something to find a, a record. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. how can I a guy that went six and two? Let's find a, a stat yep. where he's one and two. Or what? when they needed him to throw, they were not good. They lost. His oh, offense put up thirty six points per game when he was the quarterback. Still won one and two, bro. <laughs> no, overall, <laughs> all the games. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just a little questioned. I I'm not gonna you know you you gonna get catch fire here towards the end and then. Uh, you know, as you as we've seen some from some people, like people get used to you and uh, understand the tape a little bit better. Second year round is a little harder. Um, okay, but also my concern is how much they do run him. They in he had double digit rushing attempts in seven seven of those games that he played. So he was he had a couple of games where he ran at least twenty times. That is a lot to ask for your quarterback. More even more than a guy like Mikael Cunningham over at Louisville. So that's hard to keep up over, you know, a long season, which I guess it's slightly less than normal now, but 11 games is, you know, still a long time. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about that. So yeah, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going under on Virginia Jack. Okay. I, uh, I disagree with you, Ryan. I am high on Hendon hooker. I'm going, going over. I just think they were a completely different team when, when he took over as, as the starter. And like Trey said, they've just got so much, production coming back and i think they've improved the weaknesses from last year too which was the running game on offense and the pass rush on defense they addressed the running game like trey said getting khalil herbert at running back from kansas i want to say blackshear the transfer from rutgers might not have been yeah i don't think it was he approved i think he was i don't think his waiver was approved but yeah but herbert's yeah. very good so that's that's good enough there and then herbert's on the defense solid. yeah puka, herbert is puka came in and was better yeah, Puka Puka Williams. We're now we're talking about Kansas, but was yeah. was better at Kansas. But Khalil Herbert averaged over five yards per carry in his in his career there. And it's not like he has great O lines in front of him. So I think that's yeah, that's pretty fair. solid. And then on the defense with with the pass rush, they addressed that getting Justice Reed, a grad transfer defensive end from Youngstown State, had twelve and a half sacks last year. So I just I think this this team is is set. And uh, the loss of Caleb Farley obviously is going to hurt at corner, sitting out mm-hmm. for because of COVID-19, but I don't know there's almost everyone else is back. They got Richard Ashby, a linebacker. This is just very good. So I'm going over obviously. And that is my lock of the ACC. Ooh, yeah. I, their I defense, considered though, they, it. I considered yeah. it too. Lots of returning production. Their, their defense was, it gets, gets a decent amount of production, but they, they played horrible offenses last year. Three, only three teams they faced were in the top 60 of like yards per play. Fourth, the fourth best offense they played was Boston college. last hey, year. Hey, you should have made it your lock. Tough guy. <laughs> yeah yeah still i like North carolina a little bit more but you know hey, somebody <laughs> had to play devil's advocate here a little bit uh, I know. that's fair <laughs> uh, uh okay right. who's next 
All right, we got at number five, Louisville. Their over-under is set at seven, with the over being slightly favored at minus 125. Ryan, lead us off. What are you thinking about the Cardinals? Uh, yeah, give me a sec here while I get to my notes. This is like... <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're ACC, <laughs> Louisville. I know, yeah. but since they changed it all into one division, when I prepared for this a long time ago, I prepared it in two different divisions. Wow. So you, now it's wow. like, oh, I got to scroll all the way up. And here all we right. go. Well, okay, yep. Ryan, you I got go. it. I'm going under on Louisville. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, listen, they weren't seven and five last year, um, but they were three and oh in one score games. So that was, you know, can't do much better than that. Um, and the games they lost, they were blown out. I mean, so I, I really do think they completely maxed out their win total last year to get to seven. I don't think they could have got any, any higher than that. It felt like that was the best case scenario. And I just don't see a huge leap forward from them this year. Um, again, kind of like Henry Hooker, a concern of mine is can Mikhail Cunningham get hurt? That's just a risk that, you know, you have to consider because uh, he runs so much. Um, and then, the, so the offense was better than 2018, no doubt about it. Um, and the offensive line was terrible. That's kind of another concern. The offensive line is really, really bad. And they lose Mekhi Becton on the offensive line, who was their best player, top 15 pick or so. So losing losing him, that offensive line. I know they have good skill talent, but if you're just getting rushed and in so much trouble every single play, I, ha- I have some concerns. So um, I just don't see them taking a huge leap forward. I, I just, they had a terrible defense. They only had returned one starter in the defensive line. Terrible secondary. <sighs> Just not seeing it. Not seeing it. All right. Well, here. Well, I'm immediately playing devil's advocate here. I'm going over. I trust Scott Satterfield, great head coach. And I I think Mikhail Cunningham, sure, you could talk about the risk of injury, but um, I'm hoping and counting on him staying healthy. I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country. Had he thrown one more pass last year to qualify for the leaderboards, he would have been first in the country in yards per pass attempt. So... He's at least very efficient through the air. I know they didn't ask him to throw a ton, but when they did, it worked out. Like you say, a really good runner. So you combine him with Javion Hawkins at running back, had over 1,500 yards last year as a freshman. Tutu Atwell, over 1,200 yards as a receiver. This offense, I think it should be really, really good. I know the offensive line isn't very good, but that was the case last year. I know they lose Mekhi Becton, but I still I don't think the O-line can get all that much, much worse. Work. <laughs> so I, I love the offense. I think that's going to carry them. Defensively, you're right. They were bad. But it's going to be the first time in five years that they're not breaking in a new defensive coordinator. So bringing seven starters back, some continuity finally. They got to get better. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm going over on Louisville as well. Uh, this is another one of those buzz teams, and everything in me wanted to be contrarian and go against that. But I just can't. I really like this Louisville team. They're going to be, if you like them or not, Louisville is going to be one of those teams that on Saturday you're going to want to watch. They are so fun on offense and they are so quick and high up tempo with uh with those guys you mentioned, Cunningham, Atwell and Hawkins. Um but the defense like I the way I look at it is I don't think they can be much worse and they were still pretty good last year. They beat Mississippi State in their bowl game to get to their their eight wins. Like I think I just don't see how that that could regress that much. And overall, they have 15 starters back, I believe. So there's it's not like they're they're bare. There's some returning production, and I I see a little bit of improvement. Yeah, and they're the big thing also is that they avoid Clemson. That's always you got to look. Are you playing Clemson and Notre Dame? Yeah. Or are you playing the top teams? They do get Notre Dame, but they avoid Clemson and North Carolina. So that's schedule's not bad. I just feel like they 
you know, there was no game last year where they had a close loss at all. I mean, it went they won as many as they possibly could. And fair. Uh, it's a new year. It's probably it, it's the chance of that happening again to me. Gotta come back to the mean. Michael's all about coming back to the mean. I'm I'm all about you being law of averages. <laughs> Good one, Michael. Good one. All right, great. One. Moving on. Yep. All right, let's move on to uh, what is this? Our last? No, second to last one in the tier two here. We got the U Miami. Uh, they're over under seven and a half. Um, and let's see here. What do we got? The over is favored at minus one forty. Um, so, Michael, what do you think of uh, the new look Canes? Well, defensively. There is not really going to be a new look. They're going to be very good again. That that hasn't been the problem. Uh, Quincy Roche coming in from Temple, the transfer that's had that's a new look. Getting him, yeah. <laughs> All right, He's you, you want to just poke holes in everything I say, Ryan? <laughs> is that, is that how, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, he had 13 sacks last year. He's a great NFL prospect himself, so um, that'll kind of help alleviate the loss of of Gregory Russo. Um, and then also with, with Russo leaving, potentially Jalen Phillips can kind of replace that production. He was a former number one overall recruit. Apparently he's been looking good in, uh, in camp. So he's a potential breakout player there. Zach McLeod is back at linebacker after red shirting last year, uh, kind of an odd red shirt in his senior season, just to kind of, um, it kind of like De'Ara King did at, at Houston. And then there's good talent in the secondary. So defense is set. The offense is the big question. And I, I understand that it could be a dud, but I'm going to make the case for it working out. So I like the hire of Rhett Lashley coming in from SMU, switching from a, a pro style to more of a spread. And of course, you bring in Derek King from Houston. He was very efficient there. 50 career passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And the fact that he's a an unbelievable runner should hopefully negate the biggest weakness on the team, which is that offensive line. It's It is not great, and that's been a problem for a while, but Hopefully he he helps um, mask that as well as bringing in his teammate Jared Williams, uh, a tackle from Houston as a as a transfer. He should help as well. Um, and there's there's always skill talent at Miami. You got Brevin Jordan, potential All American tight end, uh, some decent receivers coming back. Nobody proven, but you would expect some guys to step up. So all that is to say, it sounds like I'm going over because of all this glowing You're review not? of the offense and defense. I'm not <laughs> what. I mean, I kind of want to go over, but they put the number at seven and a half. Yeah, you got to. And I'm even getting plus money on the under. I just think, I just think the values on the under because their their schedule doesn't work out great. They avoid three of the four worst teams in the conference, and they have to play Clemson. So, I think they could still be a pretty good team and go seven and four. So I'm I'm just I'm going to take the the slight under, especially because the that offense is boomer bust. So the bust worries that's. Me. That's my exact thing here is they're total. This Miami team is total boomer bust. Like it wouldn't shock me if they won nine games, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't, they have to prove there's so much uncertainty and so many questions that need to be answered for them to get there. So I'm actually going under and I'm going to make it my lock. Mm-hmm. And you kind of touched on it. Like I, I like the hire of Rhett Lashley. Um, and I'm really intrigued to see what he can do being paired with a guy like Derek King. I love King as much as the next guy, but there's going to be a lot on his shoulders this year. You mentioned their their historic struggles with the offensive line. Can they actually protect this year? They were 81st without Derek King last year. They were 81st in SP plus offense, so they're going to have need a pretty dramatic improvement 
And I still have that the image of getting skunked to Louisiana Tech in the bowl game. Obviously, it'll yeah. look different. The other thing, though, is that we need to consider is having a new offensive scheme with a new quarterback, no spring ball, that, yeah. that might count as uh, something, in my opinion. And and King had, in his last, couple, his last year at Houston and before or after getting injured, you know, he – there was a little Jekyll and Hyde there. I, his ceiling is awesome, and I, I hope he really does well because he's really fun to watch. I would love to get one last good hurrah um, this season, be able to watch him. Uh, but I, there's, like you said, we there's just boomer bust, and I'm I'm kind of banking more a little bit on the bust uh, there. Not worried about the defense. And the last point I have that I found interesting was when the schedule was released, our boy Bruce Feldman uh he made a tweet about breaking down the travel distance for all the ACC schools. Miami has the most miles they need to travel. They have to travel over 4,200 miles. The, the last place team or the, the least team is Virginia Tech. They only have to travel 1,200 miles. So that's pretty astounding. There's 3,000 more miles wow. they have to travel than, than the last team in the ACC. Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, I'm also going under here. Um, I just feel like I feel like you guys are maybe underselling maybe some of the defensive losses, you know, like Michael Pinkney, Shaq Quarterman, Gregory Rousseau. I mean, he was like 15 sacks or so last year. That is some huge shoes to fill. Uh, so just to say, oh, they're going to be good. I mean, there's talent, sure, but I think there's going to be a little regression there on that side of the ball. Um, and the offense, just no way, just no way. New systems, short amount of practices. Terrible offensive line, no unproven receivers, except Brevin Jordan's the only one that has. It's, it's just, I'm not seeing it. How are they going to produce? I think Derek King's going to be out on an island out there, just like having really just struggle and struggle left and right because there's just nowhere to help. Um, I don't think they'll be in sync. I just, I think it's going to be a, a pretty bad year offensively for the U. So I'm going under. I should have made them my lock now that I think about it. Wow. Yeah, that was a pretty strong take there. It's just Ray, you brought up Bruce Feldman. It's it's been a while since we've uh, had some Bruce clips on the show. Can I can I play a couple for us? I would love it. What is he feeding you his like burnt ends while he was getting you to do this late at night? <laughs> there's there's one. Should we go back for I have two more here right now. So we'll go back for another one. You name it, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, <laughs> even a wipe that leaves your tush feeling tingly. <laughs> Bruce. Nice. Last one. <laughs> last one. Now you're plugging him in my face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Out of context, wow. Bruce is the best. Uh, okay. What's next? Are we on to tier three? No, no we have one more team. Oh, oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. Number seven, tier two, is uh, Florida State. Their season one total is set at seven, and the under is a slight favorite at minus 125. Trey, what do you think? You on board? Oh, he's doing the tomahawk chop. I guess that means he's on board. I'm going over. You know, I know the casual fan has seen Florida State just look like crap the last couple seasons but i'm leaning towards a bounce back this year uh they bring in a new coach of obviously from memphis norvell he brings some credibility to the Knolls, in my opinion and he's inheriting a, a team with 17 returning starters they've underachieved the last couple of years there's no secret that they don't have ta- that they have talent there so i'm not really concerned there i like blackman at quarterback uh i just felt he hasn't been in the best position to succeed he's there's been so much turnover i know there's turnover this year but norvell 
knows how to maximize offensive talent. We saw him do it at Memphis, and I believe it's going to be just a totally different look and feel to this Florida State team this year, especially with receivers like Tamarian Terry, DJ Matthews. Then I'm not even talking about the defense. They bring back a ton of starters, nine or 10 starters. You got All-American tackle Marvin Wilson, Asante Samuel in the secondary. There's there's a lot to like with this Seminole team. Um, I was a little skeptical about Norvell bringing his D coordinator from Memphis, Adam Fuller. They didn't quite excel there, of course, at Memphis, but he did well at Marshall and actually did improve the Memphis D last year, even though you wouldn't uh, really notice it looking in right off the bat. But all of the youth and injuries from last year, I think, is going to convert into success for the Knolls this year. That's why I'm going over. Okay. Well, <laughs> I feel like I'm going under on every single one nowadays. But <laughs> yeah. I, 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 of the 15 teams, I have eight and seven, like eight unders, seven overs, I think. So I promise you it balances out. It's just maybe I just don't like tier two here. Um, except for North Carolina. That was, I like them. Um, man, I can't get on the seminal bandwagon here. To get to, get to eight, you're telling me they got to get eight wins? Not uh, eight and three? No, no, not a first year coach changing the defensive system. Yes, they have some returning production coming back, but switching to a brand new, a brand new scheme again, that's going to be hard to adjust to. The offensive line is still going to be terrible. Uh, yeah. I know they have, they lose Cam Akers, who somehow managed to have over a thousand yards rushing last year. He was a very good running back. <sighs> Tim and Terry is great. He's a good, good player, but he was there last year, made a lot of big plays. He was actually. I had almost 20 yards catch last year. So pretty impressive for amount of amount of catches he had. And it's just, there's some talent there, but it's not like living up to it. Like Joshua Kando, can he f- like live up to the potential that he had coming as a recruit? Defensive ends there have been kind of lacking the pressure. They can't seem to get there. I got questions at linebacker. It's just, I don't know. Marvin Wilson's great. Tammy and Terry is great. Samuel's pretty good. And uh, Hampson uh, Azraldine. Yeah. Okay. I was think Thank you. I was looking for him, but yeah, yeah. I just, Overall, no, and I, I just I can't I can't see them getting to eight wins. So I got to go under. Yeah, I can I can see the the intrigue of the defense because there is all the guys we just mentioned so much talent on that defense. But overall, I'm with Ryan. I, I'm going under. If it's going to take eight and three to to beat me here, with especially in this offseason, even if you believe in Mike Norvell bringing in a totally new staff with you know very little spring practice, it's just not ideal timing um and then also the schedule the only team they avoid from our first two tiers here is virginia tech so they they have a pretty tough schedule too so yeah i'm uh i'm going under and by the way we brought up james blackman at quarterback who knows uh i think chubba purdy got hurt so he may not be in that race anymore but uh jordan travis is there as well the former louisville transfer and uh i think a freshman tate rotomaker so Blackman's probably the guy, but he's not going to have a super long leash. Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of banking on the the new culture being better and translating to success. We we shall see. It could. It could. Uh, okay. Let's go to tier Ooh. three. Yeah, tier three. We're going to look at the number eight team in the ACC for us, the Pitt Panthers. Uh, their over-under is set at six. Ryan, where are you leaning with Pitt? I am leaning over. I knew I told you I was going to get back to these. You got there. There I got it. Pitt. Yeah. The Pitt Panthers. I was kind of surprised, but I think they can get to seven. I think they really can. Um, Their non-conference game is against Austin P. So that's a, we saw they were in the spotlight there. Yeah. They're not a bad FCS team. Not a bad FCS team. It was a good, uh, good play there. They, oh, they lost, but it was a good game. That's right. Um, 
they do have to play the top dogs though. Yeah, Clemson and Notre Dame, but you know, it's okay. Um, offense. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Ah, I'm over it. Yeah, it's just minor details. Yeah. You know, they'll still, they still, they got, they got two more losses to, to find somewhere else. It's okay. <laughs> um, offense. Kenny Pickett is back, which is okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that good? I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Everyone says he's talented, but the production, I don't know. Hasn't been it's there. Okay. Just, you know, okay. I'm not, okay. it's not horrible, but it's not good. Um, that's you fair. Know, you just you know that he's going to be fine. Uh, eerily similar the last two years, so I don't expect him to prove much. Uh, maybe a tiny bit. It's the second year under the same offensive coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. You know they do lose Maurice French. Um, Maurice French because he's two Fs, two Fs. Yeah, um, but Taser Mack had some big games at the at the end. So I think I don't really expect the wide receiver to be a whole lot different than they were last year. Question is, can they run the ball better? Which you know. They really, really struggle with that. They were 119th in the country, just 119 yards per game on the ground. I think they'll be better. They returned four starters up front. Uh, A.J. Davis is back at running back. So I'm not saying they're going to jump to top 50 or anything, but they're not going to be 119th again. So that the offense, I think, will be a little bit better than last year. I know they lose Jalen Twyman on defense. That's a huge loss, the potential All-American tech defensive tackle but we already kind of talked about this they have a really good defensive line otherwise mm-hmm. they led the the nation in sacks last year so to, it wasn't just twyman doing it. i think twyman had like 11 sacks last year so there's a heck of a lot of sacks out there that weren't from twyman um rashad weaver comes back after that injury um the d-line's gonna be really really good so and they the paris ford in the secondary he's a really good safety so he's a stud i just think they'll still be one of the better defensive units in the acc even without twyman so I'm going over here on uh, on Pitt because they could start off kind of hot. Their their beginning of the season is not that hard. They got a key game, Louisville, third game in Pitt. That's a big one. Yeah, Pitt has kind of been, they're another team I feel like that's been a sexy pick for some people this offseason, which is weird to put Pitt and sexy in the same sentence, but I feel like that's... And Pickett, sexy. What? Pickett's not sexy. <laughs> anyway, uh <laughs> I think, and it's, it's, I don't know what's going on. This is off the rails, but it's easy to see why people are, are so high on pit because the defense, like you mentioned, is just should be really good. One of the best in the, in the ACC. Um, but I just, for me, it's just, I don't have faith in the offense. I know they're going to be in a lot of close games because the defense is going to keep it close. So maybe they can get lucky and, and win those close ones. But I don't know. I mean, last year was arguably, arguably his best year. And he had 6.6 yards per pass attempt, 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions. So I get that that people like the the raw talent from him, but until I see the production, I'm not going to count on it. So I'm I'm going under. I'm going under as well. I do have to. Cl- I've we've talked about how good the defense should be, and I should reiterate the fact that I've been critical of Narduzzi just because his defenses haven't really uh, lived up to his. You know, that's what his calling card is. But they should be should be really good this year. Uh, but Kenny Pickett just seems to have hit a ceiling. Uh, Mark Whipple, you talked about it, Ryan with the offensive co- offensive coordinator. Like he came in last year and he was still nothing improved, and we've seen enough out of him to kind of know what we're going to get. I mean, I've actually seen some Pitt beat writers have already floated the idea of seeing Arizona State transfer Joey Yellen. Uh, he just got his waiver to. I to like be Joey Yellen. This year. I think he's got a lot of potential. Yeah. So like. Pit people are already kind of talking about that, so it'll be interesting. Like his leash might not be that very long, not might not be that long to start up the season. So that that's an interesting uh, scenario to watch out uh, for. So I just don't like the offense. I'm going under as of now. 
Okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's move on to the next squad here in tier three. We got the Virginia Cavaliers. They're over under is set at five and a half. Overs favored there at 135. Uh, and we are leading off with Miguel. Yes, I, I expected to be low on Virginia, uh, given the loss of, of Bryce Perkins. It just seemed like he carried that offense. But I actually still think Virginia should be pretty good. Coaching staff is almost entirely the same, which, again, in this offseason, I think is huge. Offensive line returns just about everyone, gets a Penn State grad transfer back from injury. So they should finally be decent there. Skill talent, maybe a little bit of a question mark. Uh, but Terrell Jana, I think, can be a, a go to mm-hmm. thousand yard type receiver. They got a grad transfer, Rayshon Henry, who had a thousand yards in the FCS last year. And quarterback play. Uh, I think it, it's obviously a question mark, but I'm optimistic. Uh, Brennan Armstrong beat out Keaton Thompson. So that at least shows something. Uh, I think. <laughs> That he could be decent. I don't know. That he could throw for a 50% completion percentage. Well, Keaton Thompson has other skills, Ryan. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, defensively, though, is... He couldn't is, beat out uh, Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, well, hey, well, you're just trashing Nick Fitzgerald. Come on, he was good. Just throwing. Anyway, the defense. 15th in returning production. They're good at every level. I think it's going to be a really good defense. Great group of linebackers. Noah Taylor, Charles Snowden, Huge. Zane Zandier. And... The secondary is, I think, the key because they suffered so many injuries last year. By the end of the year, it was crazy. They were down to like their fifth corner or something like that. I remember just it being just not even fair. So uh, I think the defense will be improved. And so that's why I'm going over. Even though road games at Virginia Tech, Clemson, Wake, Miami, and Florida State is not ideal. No. They don't have to play Notre Dame. True. There you go. I'm actually going to go under, uh, you know, people might look at this five and a half over under and be surprised as low because they'll remember that Virginia actually got to the orange bowl last year and they won the division, but that doesn't really tell the whole story to me. I think Bryce Perkins just carried this team and they won a few, few close claim, a few close games that bounced their way that might not bounce their way this, this season. And not to mention that that division they were in last year wasn't all that good. Um, so there's a lot of inexperience, Brennan Armstrong. I just don't know if he can replace the production that Perkins had. Uh, we, you know, time will tell. And I do agree though. The defense should be solid. They were, they kind of regressed a little bit last year, but again, part of that was the the injury luck with all the returning production. They, they should be fine. I'm just not so sure that the improvement on defense will outweigh the regression on offense. So I'm going to lean to the under. I agree with you that the, the, the defense of improvement might not kind of make up for enough of the offensive, maybe lack of offensive, whatever they're going to regress. But I just don't think it's going to be that big. Like I, I think there you're, you're right, but I still think it won't be enough. So where they can't get to six wins. Uh, so I, I like Virginia over. I think they can manage it. I like Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall as a coach. He just, he, he wins. He's a solid coach. He finds ways to do it. Um, and I, I was thinking I was going to be low on Virginia too, just like Michael. Um, after the loss of Bryce Perkins, who was awesome. I thought he carried them. And I do believe that he really did carry them, but return all their linemen, nine starters back on D they're going to improve there. So I don't know. I just, I, I kind of just trust almost Brock on Mendehall with a good amount of players coming back to, to find a way to get a winning season. Okay. Uh, moving on to number 10, we are still in tier three here and it is wake forest. Their win total is set at five and a half. The under is a big favorite at minus 190. 
Wow. What do you th- what do you think in Trey on on Wake? Why not just make it five? Well, <laughs> I, I'm thinking the uh, Sage Surratt. This line made well. Mm. I'm not. I think the line might have been made before Surratt announced. Makes sense. Either way, I'm I'm going under reluctantly. I love Dave Clawson. Uh, he's done wonders at Wake. Four straight bowl games. That's really remarkable there. Uh, but my vi- vi- ugh, tough time talking tonight. <laughs> my vibe on Wake this season is this is more just kind of a a transition year. Uh, one thing working against them is their schedule. They have to play Clemson and Notre Dame in two of the first three weeks. So right off the off the bat, they're they're looking at a a tough tough early start. And before the schedule changes, SP Plus actually had Wake as a favorite in only four games. So I just I'm not really seeing it. As for the actual personnel, losing Jamie Newman might not be a terrible thing. Uh, Sam Hartman has shown a lot of. Uh, potential and he's shown that he can succeed in Clawson's offense but of course we talk about the loss of Sage Surratt like that counts for something not to mention the other top two the other top receivers that they lost to the NFL defense hasn't necessarily been dynamite at wake uh, over the years but they have Carlos Basham who's a stud on on defense he had 10 sacks last year they do have a glaring issue in the secondary they don't really return any production at, at corner I just they could still go bowling, but I'm just not not seeing it this year for Clawson. So I got to go under. <sighs> Give Clawson the respect, man. Four straight bowl games. Here we go. I, I, I love them. Yeah. Hey, maybe this yeah. year you can go five and six and make a bowl. Yeah, probably true. true probably. Yeah. Um, oh no, I, I I'm going uh, over here on Wake. Wow. Uh, taking the taking the juice money there. I'll take that yeah, heavy plus, juice plus one sixty. Yeah, it's pretty good juice. Um, I, I, you know, I think people maybe are expecting the offense to take obviously a huge hit with the the loss of Jamie Newman, some other guys that you mentioned, say Sherrod, Kendall Hinton, Scotty Washington. Yeah, go on down the line. Offensive line. <laughs> yeah. Well, two starters back in the line. But if you take a deeper look, I think they'll be okay. They get a transfer coming in from Maryland, um, who uh, proved he was pretty solid there once he once he's when he's healthy. They're running back last year, Cade Carney. I don't know why they, I felt like their backup was better when I was watching them. So I actually think the running back position will be even better. Um, Donovan green is going to be a great receiver there. He'll be the next weight guy. That's just like, they always come up with a stud. It seems like it's just seems like they always have one stud wide receiver. I should say sure at. So I think he'll, they'll do well. And the defense has got a ton of returning production. Um, but before I finish on the offense, Dave Clawson knows how to run offense. They have a system there in place that he's got down. Okay. Couple of years in a row now that they've had a good offense. They're fast paced. They're really tough to keep up with. So I like it. Um, Can he play know, offensive like, line too? Well, you know. No, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Clawson much. Yeah, he can. But I, there's a lot of experience on the defense. So I, I, I do think they'll be better. I don't think the offense will take that big of a step back. I trust Clawson. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over on them. I'm, I'm taking my chances with that plus money. Okay. I'm going under. I feel like last year was kind of a, regardless of what happens this year, feels like last year was a missed opportunity starting out seven and one. And then just, I don't know, just the wheels kind of fell off. I think injuries had a lot to do with it, finishing one and four. So it was kind of a, a disappointing end. Um, and yeah, I just think this year, I know Dave Clawson, he's going to do the best he can with that offense, but at some point the personnel matters. And I just think the, the losses are a little bit too great for it to, to maintain it's level from last year and the defense for wake. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be 
I think mediocre, like always. Like I don't see this being a, a great defense. They had Boogie Basham last year, and it was still not great. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going under. You guys are going against me a lot this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, number 11 team, we have the NC State Wolfpack. Their over-under is set at four, with the over being favored at minus 150. Which way are you leaning, Ryan? Uh, I'm going over uh, on NC State here. I think they can get to five. It's, I guess I, I just feel like with all these unknown variables, I just feel like there's a, the, the balance of power is going to be more equal. You know, like I just don't maybe think the drastic, uh, um, like the home field advantage type things. I just feel teams will be a little bit more on an even playing field. Kind of like we're seeing in the NBA bubble. Like it just seems like every game, no matter who it is, is like pretty good, pretty close game. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take NC State over. I mean, if the, if the, there was they were horrible last year. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Um, the offense was absolutely terrible, especially through the air. Hopefully, Devin Leary can kind of live up a little bit more to his uh, recruiting ranking and take a big step forward his sophomore year. It was a freshman year. Give him a little break. Give him a break. Can't be any worse. Can't be any yeah. worse. <laughs> this is a tough, yeah. tough situation to be thrown into. Yeah, he'll have uh, more help with five guys coming back um, on the line. And he's got a good duo of, at running back, Bam Knight and Jordan Houston. So uh, he's going to have some help a little bit more. Uh, he's got four out of five pass catchers back. So even though they aren't great, I still think they're going to you know, do well. And they got a couple true freshmen, Porter Brooks, maybe can yeah, help them out a little bit. So I think the offense will definitely be better. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel pretty confident in them. I know they're the second year of the three three five system, just like you kind of already mentioned for mm-hmm. the other who was that? Um, Miami? No. Um, no, it was um, um, North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, excuse me. North Carolina. Yeah. So, you know, if the secondary didn't get decimated with injuries like it did last year, another similar theme. The North NC State was decimated with injuries in the secondary last year. I think they could have been better. So I expect a decent sized leap from NC State this year overall. I am with you. I think they're going to be much improved. There were just so many injuries on on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, I like love the running game this mm-hmm. year with uh, with the two guys you mentioned, especially Bam Knight. And uh, yeah, I just think there's they have to improve. And and Dave Dorn, who we mentioned earlier, is on the hot seat. He's their head coach. He's proven over a long time, maybe that he's not doesn't get them quite as good as the fans would like, but they're usually a winning team. So I, I think uh, maybe they won't quite get to a winning team this year, but I, I think five and six is is my prediction. I'm gonna reluctantly lean over uh, as well. I'm I'm not the biggest Dave Doran guy, uh, and just kind of the eye test last year watching NC State, they were dreadful. But one of the things I wanted to do going into this year was was not overreact to a bad year, especially by a quarterback. There is some potential with Leary. He's going into his sophomore year. They also bring in offensive coordinator Tim Beck, so maybe some some new eyes in the in the the quarterback room can kind of help him uh, get a little bit better. So I'm leaning that they they improve enough. They also avoid Clemson and Notre Dame, the probably the two toughest teams. So that that can only help. So I'm going over as well. Yeah, they then they avoid Louisville too. So that the schedule is uh, does help them out for sure. Cool. Uh, okay, we're on to tier four now. Yep, the final tier. Yep. All right, let's start it off here. What do we got? The Dukies. Uh, they're over under set at five. Uh, over's slight favorite there, minus twenty one, minus one twenty five. Uh, so, Michael, what do you uh, what do you think about the Clausen's group? 
Uh, Clausen's group. We're going to talk away. Clausen. <laughs> oh man, I can see the mistake. Cut Cliff. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I am am not very high on on Duke this year. I'm going to take the under. Uh, now the defense should should be solid. They've got two really good pass rushers on the D line: Chris Rumpf and Victor Dimukeji. Secondary is good, especially if Mark Gilbert, former All ACC cornerback, coming from coming back from injury. I think he was like injured for two years, so. Big question mark there, but that's a potential lottery ticket. I worry about the offense, though. They've got Noah Gray's a, a good tight end, but other than that, I don't see a lot of great pieces. It was bad last year, and as much credit as Cutcliffe gets for for being a, an offensive guru, their passing stats for several years in a row have not been very good. Even with Daniel Jones getting drafted, uh, you know, first round was he number one overall? He was. Uh, it was like sixth or something. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he fell a little bit, but still, they, they they weren't good with him at quarterback. So, I don't expect the offense to be great. And by the way, their their win total. The reason it's as high as it is at five is because the schedule works out extremely well. They avoid Clemson, Miami, Louisville, and Pitt. Those are the four teams that they avoid. So, um. They're going to win maybe one more game than than you might expect looking at the roster, but I'm going to go under the five. I'm actually going to go over. Um, yeah, no, I know that's the off- wrong. That's wrong. Oh wow! Yeah, six. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> no, I know. No. I know the offense has been poor the last couple of years, uh, and they had a lack of a solid running game. But they still, even last year, went five and seven with how bad it was. I see improvement and a little bit better season. They're going to get a little bit more out of Chase Bryce. At quarterback, yeah, I to bring up Chase. Yeah. <laughs> the, cl- the club's a quarterback transfer. Uh, you know, he's and and I. The one thing in the off season is that Cutcliffe addressed the the lack of a running game, and I think he's he's aware of that, and he's gonna that's gonna improve. So I think the offense will at least be more competent this year with with Chase Bryce, and hopefully he, Chase Bryce is the guy that can help to get that uh, that offense where where it should be under Cutcliffe and then like you, you kind of laid out the defense they should be pretty solid this year that's where I'm a little bit more encouraged and a, a couple guys that to keep in mind that you didn't mention were Marquise Waters and Michael Carter uh in the in the back end so I'm I'm a little more encouraged with the defense and hoping the offense improves so that's why I'm going over um I'm gonna disagree with you Trey uh I'm not sold on Chase Bryce at all um I just Coming in, brand new system, new new QB. Uh, usually, Again, it's the, off, the bad off season to be. Yeah, going and usually Cutcliffe has some time to develop his guys. Uh, their passing stats, like I mentioned, haven't been good. Uh, at least the last few years, they've had a guy that could actually run a bit. Like Quentin Harris had a good dual threat, a little bit of ability. Even Daniel Jones was decent through the ground on the ground when he was when he was there. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be a. Uh, I don't think he'll be as good as Quentin Harris was last year. Um, running game limited. Deion Jackson. Uh, I mean, he's okay, uh, but he's just not that great. I mean, his run per average per carry, I think, was in the threes. Uh, it was for college. That's horrible. Um, was pretty horrible for the NFL, but even more so in college. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't think the offense will be very good. And the defense, yeah, they do have some solid pieces, but they do lose the heart and soul. Kobe Kwanza, the the linebacker, he was our maybe their best player last year got the leader of their, their defense and he's gone. So I, I just feel like, uh, four wins is a lot more likely than them getting to a winning record. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm passing. I'm taking the under. Okay. Moving on to number 13. 
uh, in tier four here. Syracuse, their over-under is five. The under is a minus 150 favorite. What are you thinking, Trey? I'm reluctant, but I'm going over. Dino Babers has his work cut out. Uh, They were really disappointing last year going five and seven. They had a lot of expectations. And I'm I'm not really seeing enough improvement this year to at least get them back to those high expectations that they had. But they they return well, I guess one of the other bad factors is they only return nine starters. But I think Tommy DeVito is actually going to improve this year. There was a lot of weight on his shoulders last year. There was a lot of expectations. And I think this year the team as a whole, the Orange, are going to be able to fly a little bit under the radar. That won't be the issue this offseason. Uh, I think having kind of his second full year under his belt now or going into this year, DeVito should, should play a little bit better. Um, as far as the defense is, is concerned, they've got a solid safety in Andre Cisco. Outside of that, there's a lot to, to be desired, but I think that five is, is just a little too low. In my opinion, I do have a, I've kind of laid out a, a negative view of them, but the orange, they have a manageable schedule. They avoid Miami, Florida State, and Virginia Tech. So I think there's enough teams on the schedule that can get them over the hump this year. Mm-hmm. And the fourth team they avoid is uh, Virginia. So four pretty good teams to miss. I I'm going under on the cues. Um, just don't just don't see it. Do, I I have no problem really with Devito all that much. I mean he he's it's fine. Um, but I just don't think he's gonna have a lot around him. I think don't think I don't see the offensive line being good. Uh, his top uh, his leading rusher's gone. Three out of the top four pass catchers. Uh, yeah, new Tristan offense. Jackson at receiver was huge for them last year, and he's gone. So that's yeah, mm-hmm. that's huge. Uh, new offensive coordinator. Uh, no, so no spring ball again. Tough 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 situation there. New defensive coordinator. Uh, three three five uh, defensive coordinator. The three three five. Get in the three three five. Getting a lot of pubs this episode. It's uh, Rocky Long's episode here. The San Diego State coach who kind of patented that defense. So, yeah, I mean, last year Syracuse defense was supposed to be really good with the players they had, and it ended up being pretty bad. Alton Robinson was a major disappointment. Um, so I just two new two new systems, both sides of the ball. Uh, not not a whole lot of production coming back. Nah, I, I I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I am Ryan. You laid it out perfectly there, so I don't I don't need to add anything more. I'm I'm going under on Syracuse as well. I sure did. <laughs> All right, <laughs> been number screwing four. up a bunch this episode, so you you were due. <laughs> yeah, I picked myself up Red- a little bit. Redeemed yeah. himself. <laughs> All right, our fourteenth fourteenth team is Boston College. The over-under is set at four with the over being favored at minus 140. Which way are you leaning, Ryan, with the boys from Chestnut Hill? Uh, I'm leaning under on BC this year. It's a, it's a lot of new faces uh, to have to deal with. You know, uh, the backfield's gone. Anthony Brown was there, played a lot of football for them. Got better each year. Uh, they're going to miss. They're going to miss it. I know he wasn't amazing. Michael was giving me a little look there. No, no, I'm not. Jerkovich. You- he was good when he played. Like yeah, he, was, he was out for much of last year. Yeah. Uh, I like to call him Jerkovic. I know it's Jerkovic. Excuse me. <laughs> that is that is a key, though, uh, getting him in there. So we'll see. Maybe he can really offset that loss. Tell uh, the listeners who he is. That Not all of oh, them yeah. know. Sorry, he's a transfer from Notre Dame. So he was a highly recruited guy. Uh, came in, and now he's going to be approved from the NCAA. So he can be the, he's got eligibility now. Um so yeah, I but I'm just I don't see even with Djokovic, I'm not I'm not uh, banking on it. They lose AJ AJ Dillon. Um, oh, they do have 
David Bailey, who was a solid, solid backup. So there's no, yeah. no wrong with that. Um, so then they do have a few pa- cast pet. I, he gave me all that compliment. Now I'm just like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Perfect. Now I'm going from top to top to worst year. Um, so, but let me just get the defense. How horrible that was last year. Dead last, <laughs> dead last in the ACC, 125th in total defense. Teams just did whatever they wanted to them. Kansas put 48 on them. Kansas put 48 on them. So they lose some key pieces, a new system. I, I just, come on. I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing it from BC. It's just going to take, take some time for, for, uh, Halfley to get that uh, turned around. Yeah, of course, the new head coach Jeff Halfley from Ohio State. Maybe he can, maybe he can uh, improve the defense. We'll see. But uh, I don't have much to say about the defense because I'm going over. So I want to <laughs> focus on the offensive line. Four potential All ACC guys. You got Tyler, Tyler Vrabel at left tackle, Vrabel's rising good. star. He seems destined to be a first round pick. Top three receivers coming back, Kobe White, Hunter Long at tight end, Zay Flowers, who was a, a good weapon as a true freshman. I You mentioned David Bailey. I don't think they're going to skip a beat losing A.J. Dillon. I think Bailey is is going to be a beast. And I am the, when they said, I would go under here if, if it was going to be Dennis Grossell or whoever the quarterback was going to be before. But with Phil Dracovic, I know we haven't seen much, but I just think his ceiling is so much higher than anyone they had on BC's roster. Certainly so, Grossell. Yeah, I think he, uh, I'm just very bullish on him and just the little bit we saw at Notre Dame and the recruiting pedigree. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm going over. I've got to go the opposite. I got to go under Jeff Halfley's first year. I'm, I'm kind of treating this as a, z- a year zero for him. They drew a really tough slate as well this fall. Uh, his calling card is defense, so he'll need to sprinkle some magic pixie dust on that defense uh, in order to improve because they were dreadful last year. And if they don't improve at least a decent amount, it, it might be another tough year for the boys. So I've got to go under. Okay. Yep. Final team. Final team. Final squad. Number Keense. Uh Georgia Tech. Over under set at two and a half here. Uh, Michael. Or is it Michael leading this off? I yeah, I'll go first. All right. Let me get my, am, my computer's going to die. Sorry about that. Oh, well, if Ryan dies, then goodbye. <laughs> uh, you actually, oh, you can go get your battery. There he goes. All right. Ryan's not listening. He's gone. I'm going to give, I'm going to give Ryan a B minus effort right now for this podcast. Um, he can improve though. I'm going over because they're second in the nation in returning production. They played a ton of freshmen last year, year two of, of the new offense. Of course, that's a big transition. I think with, you know, after year one, year two, year three, it's just they're going to get better and better as they they bring in uh, more recruiting classes to to fit the the offense. And the O line is in partic- in particular the biggest transition with the shift from uh, away from the triple yeah. option. They've gotten bigger there. They added six freshmen, added a couple transfers from Tennessee and Vanderbilt. So hopefully they can be better than 130th in the nation according to Pro Football Focus. That's what they graded out as last year. Um, so it didn't really give the quarterback much of a chance, but Jordan Mason's uh, a great lead running back. I just think the supporting cast around James Graham or whoever starts at quarterback is going to be so Oh my gosh. Better. Are you still talking, Michael? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm still talking. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan went and got his computer battery, came back and I'm still even chat, a little chat with my I've wife. only talked about the offense, Ryan. I'm only on the offense. <laughs> oh my yeah, let's get to the defense. I'll be shorter on the defense. They... They should be hugely improved with everyone coming back. Transfers from Florida, Notre Dame, becoming eligible. 
Um, so I don't know exactly who Georgia Tech is going to beat because their non-conference game is against UCF, which is is rough. But they found a way to go two and six in conference last year. I think three and seven is is doable. Yeah, and just to kind of add on about the Ramblin' Wreck, they they played almost all underclassmen this year. That's going to improve. And behind a, a more experienced offensive line, I know they they struggled, but they're ex- at least experienced. Whether it's James Graham or Jeff Jeff Sims, I think if it's Graham in year two or Jeff Jeff Sims with the potential uh, of his, you know how how highly recruited he was, I think that the the quarterback play should take a little bit uh, bigger step this year. Um, and you talked about the defense; they they returned thirteen of their top fourteen uh, tacklers, so there's there's some production there coming back. I just believe in Jeff Collins. I don't see why this youth movement won't improve a little bit. They won three games last year, so I, I think they can match that this year. Yeah, and they had an overtime loss to what the Citadel, so early on in the year. Um, so they, you know, I think they could have. And they won at Miami. It's like super. Yeah, weird. they beat Miami. They beat yeah. NC State. Almost beat Virginia. Uh, so I don't think they're that far off. And um, so a ton of returning production. Yeah, you guys mentioned a couple of grad transfers. Did you mention that, Michael, on the offensive line? I did. did. Yeah, you can. Okay. Can, well, I didn't bring up their names. I don't remember their names. I but... just remember Tennessee and Vanderbilt. I didn't write down. <laughs> yeah, their names. yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> Vandy. I'm not so sure. We'll see. But it's. I mean, the system that they had. I mean, when going into last year, the the offensive linemen their their average height and weight was like six one two sixty five. For <laughs> just not like, do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know that works for Paul Johnson, but it's not going to work for Jeff Collins. So they needed some some new guys. So that'll help out. No matter even if they're not like all stars, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going over on Georgia Tech. I think they find a way to get three. All right, there we go. All 15 teams down. Let's uh, let's just briefly recap this. So let's take a look here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see all of our over-under picks all for the, for the podcast listeners. We're a podcast first, of course, so I'll, I'll go over it here. So our, our unanimous agreements are Clemson under 10.5. We are somehow betting against Clemson going undefeated hasn't worked out the last couple years uh we're all over on notre dame at eight and a half wins we're all over on north carolina over seven and a half and ryan made it his lock uh we are all under on the hurricanes under seven and a half and then two more unanimous agreements over on nc state over four wins and georgia tech over two and a half and then of course uh let's see locks my lock was over on virginia tech and Trey, yours? Under on Miami. Okay. We haven't had too many now, under locks, I feel like. You know? Usually it's an over lock. Well, oh. I'm going for it this year with the ACC. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just something I feel like I've noticed. All right. Here's uh, here's our, our tiered rankings uh, for the, the YouTube viewers. So let's just discuss these a little bit. What was the, yeah. the toughest decision as far as which tier they should be on? Because for me... I think looking at this, our tier two right now is North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Louisville, Miami, and Florida State. I think you could really easily argue Pitt should be on that tier two. We made them tier three, but yeah, it was just really tough to draw the line between two and three. I, I yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that one. And then also going down to three and four. I know it's getting low, but separating like we have NC State on tier three, but Duke on tier four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, I don't feel like there's a whole lot separating probably yeah. those teams. Splitting, splitting hairs once you get down there. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I probably might have bumped NC State down. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It's it's yeah. That's it almost could have been like just put Pitt up to yeah. two, and then have Virginia Wake and NC State drop down to four. Or you know, just essentially have three tiers. You know, with Virginia yeah. Wake, NC State, Duke, Syracuse, BC, Georgia Tech, all just be the last tier together. Yeah, very tough, very tough process. All right, uh, there we go. There we have it. Let's uh, move on to our final. Well, actually, not our final segment. We've got another one after this, but. It is a very exciting segment segment because Ryan, we are going to put you on the hot seat. Are you ready? Oh, coming back to the hot seat. I like it. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Okay. All right, Ryan, who is your dark horse Heisman candidate in the ACC? All right. I'm not necessarily super high on this team. Um, but if they do have a big year, it will be because of this guy, Mikhail Cunningham, uh, at Louisville. He's, mm-hmm. he's explosive. He obviously has in the short, um, time we saw him last year, I guess it wasn't super short, but he was awesome. So if he had a little more, uh, experience, he would have, he would have been a Heisman contender last year if he really got all of, all of the season played. So he could, uh, if he's the guy I could see him, uh, see him taking it. Okay. Which true freshman do you expect to make the biggest impact to his team? Um, I'm going to go with Miles Murphy. Um, and the reason why I'm picking Miles Murphy uh, is because both Clemson and North Carolina have a true freshman named Miles Murphy. Wow. Uh, yeah. And they surprisingly are both strong side defensive ends. Um, and they were both extremely highly recruited. Uh, Clemson's Miles Murphy was a five star, like seventh overall rated overall player. And North Carolina's was like a super high four star. So I get two for the price of one there. And, wow, uh, that's creative. Whichever Brian one Brzee. has the... Brian Brzee, number I one know. overall player. Yeah, good. but I'm hearing that's Miles good. Murphy's actually looking... The Clemson's Miles Murphy's looking really good. I'm so, hearing Brian Brzee's looking pretty dang good. Well, they're, gonna be, they're both going to be good. This but, is the uh, hot seat, Ryan. <laughs> Miles Murphy, bro. Okay. All right. Which player <laughs> will lead the conference in receiving yards? Yeah, that's a toughie because there's... you know. No save Surratt, so that makes it slightly easier. Um, although his teammate Donovan Green could have a, a big year now. Um, but you still got Tutu Atwell uh, from Louisville. You still got um, Tamion Terry from Florida Tamarian State. Terry, yeah. Oh, what, what was I? Tam- did I say Tamarian? You keep saying Tamian. <laughs> oh, I did? Oh, and I wasn't going to correct you, but now that you're on the hot seat, I'm going to do it. I said Tamarian, no? Tamor- Let the record I, show. Well, the listeners will know. I know it's not okay. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> North. So yeah, Terry. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you got North Carolina's duo of uh, Brown and Newsom. So those are kind of your main four. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Daz Newsom though from North Carolina. Um, he's Sam Howell's favorite target, so you just can't really go with that. I think Sam Howell have a huge year, and I'm gonna I'll go with them. Okay, last question. What's a bigger weakness in someone's game? Keaton Thompson's passing accuracy on the football field or your driving accuracy on the golf wow. course? Well, me na- my driving accuracy now, I would have to say, yeah. Is a bigger uh, weakness. Is a big weaker, bigger weakness, yeah. Maybe uh, eight years, five, six years ago. I-, I was okay then, but boy, I really just went downhill fast. <laughs> All right. Very good. Golf is such a crazy game. I mean, it's 
You can just go in flux. I mean, Trey, you, you, you're always good. I don't know what you're talking about. No, nah, it, it's all relative. It goes in I Remember that time I shot a 79 with you? And I was, you know, it was like, I and it's in this ranch, decent course. And that was that was not that long ago. I mean, six it's years in ago, there. maybe. You've got it in years. you. I don't know if I do anymore. <laughs> it's been, been a while since I've had a decent round. All right, let's uh, let's get to our championship picks. So, of course, there's no divisions in the ACC. That's just going to be one big 15-team league. And we didn't even bring up the fact about how crazy it is that Notre Dame is playing in the ACC this year. But uh, yeah. who's uh, who's going to be Ryan? Who's going to be in your championship game? I got Clemson, surprise, surprise, versus yep. North Carolina. I'm taking the Irish. I think they'll okay. they'll they'll be a little You're bit not surprised. The Irish. Right? Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your guys' Michael put up the graphic and I said North Carolina, didn't I? And yeah, then I said, but then you said the okay, Irish. And then I looked over at both of you guys and you both had something else. So I kind of gave yours away there. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I'm taking the Tar Heels. Wow, I'm off my game. Okay, so interesting. Uh, obviously, Trey and I both taking Notre Dame. Trey, did you have to think about it much? Or uh, obviously, we all have Clemson winning. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But uh, did you have to think about it much, or was Notre Dame a clear choice for you? I, I I thought about it briefly, but I really liked the Irish this year, so I I it seemed too good to be true. It was like too easy for me, Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah, I th- I agree. I think Notre Dame's a clear, pretty clear number two. But I will say, if they're even you know slightly worse than than we expect, they're one of teams that could vie for that number two spot because. Stop when I get to a team that would surprise you if they made the ACC championship game. You got Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Miami. Yeah, Miami. It would surprise you if yeah, De'Aaron King goes off? All right, well. I, yeah, I would. Ignore Ryan then. I Yeah, I'm still going. Louisville? Florida. Yeah. Florida State? Florida yeah, State, I, I think, is probably my last one, I think. Okay, and then Pitt? What about Pitt? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't see Pitt. Fair. But the point is, there's there's a it, number two could be pretty competitive. I that's very true, very very true. I picked UNCU over Notre Dame just because they get them in Chapel Hill. But yeah, okay, that makes sense. So I think it could come down to the, uh, that game. That might be the deciding factor. Fair. I wanted to take Virginia Tech. I, I obviously am taking uh, Clemson over Notre Dame. I wanted to take Virginia Tech in it because I'm so high on them relative to to everybody else relative to the market and I love Hendon Hooker but yeah I just think I just think Notre Dame's a little better. Yep. Okay. Mercifully we are to the last segment of the podcast. It's like longest episode ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, 15 15 teams. It's a lot, it's a lot of teams. Hey. It's a lot of teams. Fun. And so it is now time for the questionable finish. Mikhail Cunningham made an out-of-the-blue decision last year to go by his first name, Mikhail, instead of his middle name, Malik. If you could change your first name to any other name, what would it be? Asking me this question is a bit ironic, considering a lot of people know me as Trey, which isn't even my real name. Obviously, Roger. Uh, so go by Trey since I'm the third, so I guess I just got to say my my nickname. I'd, I'd go by Trey. Yep. All right. Enough. Yeah, that's fair. I uh, I decided to just pick a brand new name. So I enjoy uh, odds and sports gambling. Of course, we all do. My bookie, but uh, but I'm going to say Chance Chance Newman. Mm. That's there a good go. name. Chance the rapper. Yeah, 
Chance Newman. Chance, Chance Mock. Newman. Chance Mock. Yeah. <laughs> Old quarterback. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the, I don't know, I just kind of like this name lately. Uh, Parker. Just George a normal name that I like. Coached a basketball kid at one time. His name was Parker. Great kid. Top of the line Park, kid. Parker Newman. That works. Parker Newman. Yeah. All right. Duke head coach, uh, according to Ryan Dave Clawson, but actually David Cutcliffe <laughs> is known as a quarterback guru. If you were a guru of something, what would it be? What I want to be or what do I think I actually am? No, if well... I guess you can take the question as you as you wish. I thought you mentioned it as I thought it was asked like what you actually think you actually know about pretty well yeah, right that, now. That was how I meant the question. Okay, good. All right. I also I'll go with something that I feel most confident in myself in doing is coaching basketball. Um I feel pretty confident in myself that I'm pretty good at that. Probably more so than anything else that's in my life. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely better better coach than brother, that's for sure. And podcasting. Uh, podcast I wait for the podcasting. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I would be the, the guru of cautious driving. Uh, I don't I don't speed. I always use my turn signal. I don't even change lanes in, unless I need to. I don't like when people are bobbing and weaving on the freeway. So I would I like hate that preach. too. I'd, yeah. I would I would preach cautious driving. If I was a guru of something, it would be the love guru. Let's get let's get Allie on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. I'd be laughing really loudly right now. I just think I could be like a a problem guru in the sense that I should have been a counselor or a psychiatrist. I feel like I'm able to present rational arguments or viewpoints to to both sides of of any situation. So I think I could present that uh, maybe to being a marriage counselor. I could present both sides in a rational way to them. All right. our music stopped. Whoops. Give us a bold prediction about the ACC that you don't totally believe, but is more likely than people think. So I'll actually go first here. And it is that in the last game of the year at Lane Stadium, Virginia Tech is going to hand Clemson their first loss of the season. And Hendon Hooker is going to win the Heisman. Right. Fuente, not coach of the year. Not that one. <laughs> yeah, Fuente, coach of the year. I'm actually along those lines. So I'm pretty bullish on Notre Dame. I'm actually going to say that Notre Dame could win the regular season in a tiebreaker over Clemson because mm. Clemson has to go to South Bend, and then they also have a game like that at Lane Stadium in December. It's not unrealistic to to think that Clemson could lose one or two games. All right. Um, I'm going to say that Georgia Tech will finish in the rankings above two different teams. So most people will have them finishing okay, farly yeah. dead last. I think they'll finish above two teams this year. I could see that happening. Could be BC, could be Syracuse, Dukes. Somebody's going to tank. All right. Thanks for listening to a long episode of the College Football Bros podcast. Again, use that promo code CFBROS, not CFB Bros, CFBROS at my bookie if you're interested in betting college football this fall. And we will be back with a new episode on Thursday morning. And we're previewing real, actual FBS college football games this weekend. So, can't wait. Talk to you then. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media... 
Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.